the Hawks are 2-1 and one since our last episode of the Hawks Report. I'm Lauren Williams, the beat reporter here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution covering the Atlanta Hawks, and you are listening to the Hawks Report. We've got a really good show for you guys today. As I mentioned, the Hawks are 2-1 and one since the last episode, and we're going to get into some of those games that we saw and some not-so-good news about the Hawks not having Trey Young for the next month or so after he suffered a RCL tear in his left pinky finger. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, as well as just continue listening to us. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back. And as usual, I'm always joined by trusty, handy-dandy producer Daniel Salerson. And Daniel, since our last episode, the Hawks are 2-1, and one, as I mentioned. But they don't have Trey Young for a couple of those games. So I don't think that the fact that they've won, you know, the last two games, which they did not have Trey Young in due to a tear in his RCL in his left pinky finger. That's his non-shooting hand. I don't think that necessarily is, you know, the reason why those guys, you know, pulled out the game. But, you know, it's just good to see how, you know, this team can connect and string together a couple wins, something that they've just struggled with this season. I mean, we've seen them have, you know, win streaks of five games here, four games there, but then they're back to being team snip snap. And I don't know if this means that they're on a run, but we've seen some good play from them. Yeah, we have. And I think now the Hawks record without Trey, I think it's four and three on the season. I'll have to double check on that. But I think that's what I heard the other day. And I just don't want the narrative to start coming out that this team is better without him because that's not necessarily the case. They have played two great games without him but that does not mean that they are better without him and I I know it does give you an opportunity to showcase some of your other players we'll talk about them later in Kobe Bufkin and you do get to see more DeJounte Murray at the one something that you don't really get to see when when Trey Young is playing but you are going to miss him and I'm kind of bummed because they are playing better right now and they've had a nice start after the all-star break after we talked about how important it was to get off to a good start after the all-star break but now you're not doing it or you're doing it without your star player and You kind of wanted to see how this team looks together. And so when you're talking about not even the wins and losses, but you just want to see what works and what doesn't work, because now this is going to how you evaluate how you move forward during the offseason. So 
There are a lot of things that you can take away from it. There are a lot of pros you can look at when you're going to say, okay, now DeJounte gets to showcase what he can do. If by chance you do get the move, you want to move forward and and trade him to somewhere else. Um, again, the Kobe Bufkin situation. But it, it was nice to see these last couple of wins, especially against Utah, against your former friend, not former friend, he's still your friend, John Collins, former teammate John Collins. But as I ramble on here, the trade news is disappointing, but at the same time, it's nice to see them being able to rally around each other and, and grab these last two wins. Absolutely. I think the big takeaway from Trey being out is not necessarily that they're a better team. I, again, I don't think that's a takeaway. I think it just shows that guys are ready and willing to step up when they need to. And that's something that we've seen throughout the season. But I think with just so few games that they have left, you know, after these last three games that they're played, there are only 25 games left in the season, which is absolutely insane to think about. And, you know, that's just a little over a month and a half left in the season. So it's just things are, you don't want to, the word dire isn't the right word, but it's just the first one that comes to mind. There's more urgency now is what I'm trying to say. And so you have to have guys step up a little bit more, not even a little bit more, a lot more. You have to have guys, as Quinn Snyder has said in a couple of his last pregame media availabilities, has said, you want guys to inhabit a role and, and be the star of that role. And, you know, we're we're seeing quite a few guys star in their role. You know, a couple of the ones that come to mind, Jalen Johnson, you know, over the last couple of games has been absolutely amazing for the Hawks. Not that he hasn't been all season, but I really think we're seeing that confidence that we saw him start the year out with really start to come back and, and shine through. And he's just, you know, he's had four straight double doubles. So if that's not gaining some momentum, I don't know what to tell you. But I mean, for the for the third time in 10 games, he's had a near triple double. And and over in that 10 game period, he's averaging 16.8 points. He's averaging 10.7 rebounds and 4.5 assists. And he's shooting at least at a better clip over the last couple of games. He's been a lot more efficient, knocking down close to 40% of his shots from three. We're seeing, again, I'm talking about that confidence, 36.4% of his 3.7 three-point attempts. Yeah, 18.3 points per game over the last three games. So it's it's just nice to see, you know, some of these young guys really gaining some confidence, and that's really important. One, at this point of the season, but also, you know, heading into the play-in as this team has, in, in some ways carved out that spot for the 10th seed and and if that's not the case you know for whatever reason moving forward it's good to have that confidence heading into the offseason yeah for sure and I, I think Jalen Johnson already has that confidence but having mm -hmm. even more ending the season on the right note uh, would certainly help that a lot just knowing that you're seeing the development from him you've seen the patience with him and now you're starting to I guess I guess benefit from from all that being patient and, and being able to see what he's able to do on the floor and look he's just so athletic and I think yeah. that's what is crazy to see is and the fact that he is shooting so well as you mentioned just 
is the icing on the cake. The mm-hmm. fact that he can do pretty much anything. If he can shoot, the way he runs the floor, how athletic he is, he's mm-hmm. able to rebound, he's able to score, he creates. And that's hard to find from a big man like he is. Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, trying to find others that, you know, if they are able to do one thing, they probably can't do the other. But with Jalen mm-hmm. Johnson, you really don't have a he's weakness. He's a Swiss with him Army right knife. He is. He is. And he can really do anything, especially he can play defense too, yes. which is really hard to find too. And yes. you're starting to see that in the last couple of games. This, this Hawks team has allowed less than 100 points in the last two mm-hmm. games, which is very impressive. I don't care what teams you're playing, allowing 100 points or less is definitely a, a feat. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's been nice to see Jalen Johnson. And one more thing before we get back to Jalen, someone else that has really been impressing, I do want to get your thoughts on him, is how DeAndre Hunter's been playing off the bench yes. for the team. And I don't know Absolutely. if it's, is it just him coming off the bench? Is there less pressure? Is he able to just kind of do what he does? But I know Quinn Snyder talked about the fact that you're not seeing a lot of his mid-range shots anymore. It's really all from three or from inside. Is maybe taking away that mid-range game kind of the reason why he's been successful the last few games? No, actually, when we spoke about it with him a few, not even a few weeks ago, last week, two weeks ago, whenever the All-Star, before the, whatever the the last game was before the All-Star break or the, the second to last, I can't remember, but it's it's at some point within the last two weeks when we spoke to DeAndre Hunter. And just so you know, it's not that I don't know when I spoke to him. It's just that time, it's like it almost doesn't exist in the NBA because you never know what day it is. You just, we've said this before on the show, you have practice day, game day, off day, or today, tomorrow, next day, whatever. Um, so whenever it is that we we spoke to DeAndre Hunter, he talked about how coming off of the bench just allows him to just get into the flow of the game a little bit quicker you know he's he's watching how guys are defending other people and he's using that to his advantage and that's huge for a guy who is one of this team's best perimeter defenders I think you know he and Jalen Johnson are just the top two if you if you had to rank them I I think they're more even like a 1a 1b as far as who is the, (laughs) the better perimeter defender but yeah, I think that that's a huge thing for this team. I think, like you said, it does take some of the pressure off a little bit. But, you know, he just sees the rhythm of a game from a completely different perspective. And he's benefiting from, you know, seeing how the flow of the game is going. Like I mentioned, how guys are defending some of their opponents, what some of the tendencies are. Obviously, he watches film and and he looks at the scouting report and everything. But there is very much a difference you know, from game to game, like how the Bucks played somebody that comes to Atlanta is going to look a little bit different than how the Hawks play that same team. So it's just, you know, he's used utilizing all of the resources to his advantage and we're seeing it pay off because when we look at his stats since he's returned and he's come off the bench, he's been looking just super comfortable you know, his condition is completely back after missing 19 games between December 26th and January 30th. And in in that span, he's been averaging 16.4 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.2 assists, which is huge for this team that needs as many playmakers as possible, not just for people who can create their own shots, but creating for others. It just opens up the floor a little bit more. And 
Daniel, do you want to guess what his shooting percentage from three is? 45. Correct. 45.5% on 4.4 attempts per game. And that's huge for a guy who is, in my opinion, been kind of shaky from three in, in previous regimes. So he's really thriving in this Quinn Snyder system. He's thriving in playing in space. Not only does that create opportunities for him to go get that jumper, as you mentioned, from mid-range, but he's also just being more efficient with it. And he's just unlocking so many different pieces of his game. Uh, The big thing is he just, the health. He's got to stay healthy so we can see what that looks like consistently over a larger sample size. Yeah, and I think the the big thing, Lauren, especially when you have Onyeka out, Trey Young out, you know, you you lose some of that depth that you were already lacking. And if you can get DeAndre Hunter to continue playing like he has been playing, you kind of add that nice security blanket off the bench for this team that, again, you've been, you're going to test out Kobe Buffett a little bit more. You might see a little bit more Garrison Matthews. But if it, you do get DeAndre Hunter in this form for the rest of the year off the bench, I mean, you're adding you know, another offensive weapon. I'm not saying he wasn't before, but him playing like this is kind of why you potentially drafted him at number four overall. And also the way he plays defense too. So if it, if it's something that he's able to, again, get into a better rhythm coming off the bench, you'd notice that with players that some do like to have that five to six minutes on the bench, being able to see the game from there and then check in. Some have a whole problem coming off the bench and like to start the game, get off to a good start and then come sit down. So whatever works for DeAndre Hunter, I'm, I'm totally up for and, and hopefully he can continue this because the Hawks will certainly need him down the stretch especially with, with Trey Young out absolutely and you touch on with Okongwu being out you know the Hawks had depth problems you know before <laughs> Okongwu went out and it's not that the, that magically went away obviously it created just another issue for them to have lack of depth in the backcourt but also lack of depth in the front court. but to go back to who who we were speaking about before we started talking about DeAndre, we were talking about Jalen Johnson. And again, having the, those two guys back just automatically bolsters your defense, but also they're two guys who can move in, up and down the lineup. And, you know, whether you go small, whether you go big, you have those two guys like Hunter. Again, he's he's 6'9", uh, Jalen Johnson, 6'10". Um, they can move up and down the lineup, whether you want to have them play the three, the four. And then we've seen Jalen Johnson um, play minutes at the five, particularly with Okongu out. I mean, if Okongu's in, you won't see Jalen Johnson playing the five. But again, it just gives, you know, in the future when hopefully the Hawks get healthy, even more versatility for what they're going to try and do. And I think the big thing is with Jalen Johnson's ability to playmate be a passer we've seen some really good passes from him over the last three games you can have a point five <laughs> you can have a point four and and so the big thing with that is you know they want the guys to space the floor very well and having a guy like Jalen Johnson you touched on his athleticism earlier he's a fast guy as well um not only is he athletic but he's also very quick and he can up the pace for the Hawks when he's pushing the ball up the court and get them out in transition so much faster, or he can help set up plays and get them running really quicker so that the defense doesn't get set in time and they can take advantage of numbers. So I think the more that they can unlock Jalen's ability to 
initiate this team's offense, the better off they will be. But then another guy that they'll want to continue developing as somebody who can initiate this team's offense, and you touched on it a little bit, we both have, is Kobe Bufkin, their rookie. Um, You know, he spent much of this season either injured and, you know, recovering from a fractured thumb, which is not an easy thing to do. But he's also spent a lot of minutes in the G League with the Skyhawks and, and and trying to develop his skills there, especially because the Hawks want him to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. And that's not something that's easy for young point guards to do, particularly if that's something that they haven't really been asked to do a lot of, particularly like Kobe when he was at Michigan. So I think it's really great that, you know, over these last couple of games with Trey Young being out, we've seen Kobe have three assists in the Hawks' win over the Magic on Sunday. And then again, on Tuesday, he had five assists against the Jazz. It's just showing that he's just improving with each game that goes on and he's continuing to have poise, but he's also a good defensive playmaker. And we saw some really great defensive plays from him on Tuesday against the Jazz, you know, we see him going up against a guy like Jordan Clarkson and and basically forcing him to make an extra pass. We're seeing him, you know, wreak havoc on a guy like Colin Sexton and forcing turnovers. So we're just seeing some all around good things from these young players. And as they move forward for these last 25 games, we look forward to seeing more of them. But we'll keep talking about what's ahead. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the AJC. We are excited to announce a great deal for a greater Atlanta. For a limited time, subscribe and you'll get digital access to the AJC for just $1.99 per week for life. That's right, for life. As long as you keep your subscription, you have access to the substance and the soul of the South, including breaking news and in-depth investigations, food, sports, business, and more from AJC.com. Every day, yes, every day for the rest of your life. Subscribe now by going to AJC.com slash start. That's AJC dot com slash start to take advantage of the South's biggest deal. By the way, <laughs> this is for new subscribers only. So join today. So 
Daniel, as we mentioned before we took our break, we definitely want to see a lot more out of these young guys. You know, we touched on it with Kobe and, you know, the fact that Trey Young might be out for at least a month. And that's and that's not even, you know, a return to play timeline. The Hawks just gave, you know, four weeks before he's re-evaluated. So I think the minor silver lining in this is that it's not a lower body injury. So, you know, he should hope, you know, should hopefully be able to to find ways to keep his conditioning up. And so that can kind of keep him on a trajectory of maybe a fast return. And, you know, for anybody who has observed Trey Young over the last six years of his career, he does not like to miss playing. And if he can, he's going to do everything he can to get back into this rotation as much as possible. So, you know, after the evaluation, they would, you know, say that, okay, he can return to light court practices because you don't, you know, after somebody tears a ligament, you don't exactly want to throw them out to to full, full, full practice right away. So, you know, you can anticipate that they'll have a few days, you know, one, two, three days of light practice before they say anything else. And who knows, it could be another week before they say he can, can come back. So we just, it just doesn't, it's just a weird timeline. So it's going to give a lot of people, you mentioned Garrison Matthews as well, a lot of people time to really show the Hawks and, you know, not even really just only the Hawks, because at the end of the day, sure, you're, you're trying to give a good sample size of work to the team that you're currently signed to. But as a coach that I followed, um, you know, in my first few years in the NBA said, you're also auditioning for the other 29 teams in the league. So you want to make sure that you're always putting your best foot forward. And so, you know, a lot of guys are going to get time to to really show off what they can do. Yeah, a couple of things going back to Trey's injury real quick. I think it's also going to determine or be determined depending on where the Hawks are as far as the standings. If they somehow take a turn and are not really in playoff mode, then instead of risking him hurting his finger even more or just the risk of injury, they might shut him down just depending on how that happens. But if they're in a chance where they slide up to nine and, you know, takes two wins again to the playoffs, of course, they're going to want this team to make the playoffs and hopefully he's back for that. But I agree. I feel like the rest of the season, not only just for those guys that you mentioned, I think for everyone, it's it's an audition for this team, because, again, with Landry not doing anything at the deadline, really not doing a ton before the season started. You were going to use this year as hopefully one that could build off of last year with a full offseason with your new head coach. But now you have 25 games to really figure out who's going to stay, who's going to go, what type of team is this going to be in the future? You already know that Quinn Snyder is here. So now it's kind of like, okay, what guys fit into what Quinn Snyder wants to do, which guys do not, what direction this team wants to go. I mean, again, there's so many questions that have to be answered throughout this offseason, but you're starting to get a head start on that. And I think maybe uh, there's no benefit of a guy getting injured, but the benefit of Trey being injured is you do get to probably see guys like Kobe Bufkin and Garrison Matthews get more minutes, more than what you would have with Trey being injured healthy so the fact that you do get to see Kobe now I'm really excited about it, just to see what he has and again you're not going to see a guy that's going to average 20 points and 10 assists that'd be great if he did 
but you just want to see that steady improvement. You want to see some of his strengths, some of his weaknesses, and he's also just getting live NBA action. The G League's totally different. The fact that you're getting run in the NBA, kind of learning the ins and outs, you know, even the, the game conditioning, you know, in college, you're playing 30 to 40 games. You're playing twice a week. The only time that you're really playing a tough schedule is tournament time where you could be playing three days in a row during the conference tournament and then you know, two, two games and three nights during the NCAA tournament. But now you're kind of ex- experiencing the, the full schedule of the life in the NBA. And that stuff's valuable too. the off the court stuff. Who's that guy taking Kobe under his wing? Who, who's the guy that he's learning from a lot, whether it's on the court or off the court? So those are the things that maybe I'm going to keep an eye out on for these last 25 games. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, some of those intangible things, just how you take care of your body in between games. You're not playing every, like you said, you're playing every other day as opposed to, you know, maybe twice a week. And so, you know, health is a huge factor, particularly now that he's traveling a little bit more with the team. So how he he goes about taking care of his, himself, not just on the court, but also, like you said, off the court is going to be huge for his success. And I think, you know, this team, it may not necessarily have had, has the same close-knit feel that it might have had last season when you have a guy like J- John Collins, who's just so personable. But, you know, it, it's still a close-knit group. And, when you hear these veterans talk about Kobe coming up from the G League and and playing and and praising him for the confidence he's shown in these last few games, that's huge. That's huge for team building. And so I think a lot of people want him to have success. So I think a lot of them will be looking out for him, not just off the court, I mean, on the court, but also on it. So yeah, like you, I'm, I'm excited to see you know, how he continues to grow and progress and learn and, you know, show off his skills. And I think one of the big things is that his success in the G League gave the front office in some ways some confidence to feel like they didn't need to do anything at the trade deadline. So, you know, if we want to take that at face value, that's a huge thing that he's inspiring that kind of feeling into the guys who are making decisions like that so I think Kobe is gonna be a big factor in this team moving forward and and now that he's finally getting minutes we can kind of see how he not only embodies that quote-unquote Hawks DNA that the front office likes to tout but also just how he fits in with this group and the system and and everything about the team and and the play I mean, there's something to be said about continuity with a team. And a lot of the good teams are ones that there are teams that, you know, superstars join together and there's still a lot of chemistry you have to work through. But a lot of these teams are built. Good teams are built through free agency, through the draft continuity. And this might be the start of that for this Hawks squad. And it's got to start with some of the guys you draft. And one of those guys is Kobe Bufkin. So you're doing it with Jalen Johnson. You're seeing the benefits of of that from someone that you drafted. You really haven't seen a lot yet with A.J. Griffin. Who knows if he will. But at the same time, again, if you're going to want to be one of these teams that eventually competes in the Eastern Conference, I think building from within is is important, especially with your draft capital. So seeing a guy like Kobe continue to progress is something that you want to see heading into the offseason so you know that maybe that's not something you really have to go after. When it comes to evaluating what you need to do this offseason, I think everyone can realize that now you have a key piece in Jalen Johnson. Now you just got to figure out what you're going to do with the Trey DeJounte combo, if you're going to do anything with it. And if you're going to keep it, 
then what pieces are you going to get to complement those two guys in order to take your team to the next level? So um, I'm really curious how these last 25 games are go. Um, I know we're talking about looking ahead. These games against Brooklyn, you know, are crucial for this team as far as the playing. And I know everyone's like, come on, the playing. But again, you're holding on the 10th right now. You can have a five or so game lead if you you take one of these two or even taking both of them gets you in a pretty comfortable position for at least staying in 10th. And you're still have the opportunity to move up to ninth against Chicago. The only thing was Chicago is down the tiebreaker right now. So, but still with so many games to go, so many things can happen. But you just want to see this team continue to trend in the right direction. At least that's what you're seeing after the All Star break, which is what we talked about before the All Star break. They've certainly taken advantage of that. Yeah, you know the next they have a big New York trip coming up. You mentioned the two games. Against Brooklyn, um, they face the Nets, or sorry, not the Nets. That well, yes, they face the Nets on two Thursday and Saturday. But I was trying to say they face the Knicks <laughs> on Tuesday next week. So yeah, so a, a big trip. I mean, they don't have a lot of trips left. You know, they come home for one game, head to Memphis for the next, come home for another game to face the Pelicans. Then they have a big West Coast trip. So it's a, it's a really big time. For the Hawks right now, you know, they face pretty much every team at this point now, at least once, except the Trailblazers who come to town in a couple of weeks or I mean, who they face in a couple of weeks when they head out west. So, yeah, I I think it's a a big time for this team. I think they face some interesting and and tough opponents. Um, You know, they don't have a ton of East Coast games or Eastern Conference games left. So they really have to take, like you said, advantage of these next few games to try and make up some ground. They have their one game behind the Bulls and they're 6.5 games behind the Pacers and the Magic. So, you know, never say never. Uh, Never, um, what's the thing about the fat lady? The show's not over till the fat lady sings. Is that it? It's not over till the fat lady sings. Yeah. So I don't know who the fat lady is in this uh, scenario, but we're saying there's still a chance. <laughs> and like always, we will be here to follow it with you guys. Daniel, always a pleasure to talk some Hawks basketball with you. And until next week, you guys, I'm Lauren Williams. And this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.